Welcome to the Quality Improvement Box Set by RCVS Knowledge, a series of webinars, podcasts, and video interviews for practices and practitioners. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm really lucky to be talking to Leslie Moore, RVN. Leslie is Principal Nurse Manager at Vetsnow Macclesfield and was the recipient of an RCBS Knowledge Award for some audits that she did in 2019. So, hi, Leslie. Hi, and thanks for asking me to do this today, Pam. You're welcome. It's great to talk to you, and I hope that we're going to come up with some nice practical tips for people out there who might be a bit worried about how they start off in audit. So, how did you get involved in clinical audit at the start? Um, I think for me, it goes back to my degree. I did my veterinary nursing degree at Middlesex and I probably didn't know that that was what I was actually doing at the time. <laughs> but in one of the modules, we very much talked around uh, research and audit and that kind of thing. And, 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 that, and that led you up to the third year and fourth year and ultimately writing your dissertation as well. And as I say, I don't think I realised that that was quite what I was doing at the time. Um, I knew I was looking at ways of auditing things in practice or researching things in practice, but it didn't have that sort of formal title for me. And then and as I when I qualified and I, I went into general practice initially, um, I think I did little mini things, perhaps for myself or for the vets. So I remember in one of my day practices just doing something about um, pre-meds in um, bitch space. Um, but it was only on a really small scale and certainly nothing published or, or you know, at this level. Um and then joining Vets Now and Vets Now are very proactive um, around the QI and EBVM type stuff. Um, and they really encourage us to get involved in that kind of thing. So I knew that there'd be opportunities in that area. And um, I think because for me, improving things within the clinic is really important. It was something I was quite keen to get um, in, interested in and into. But I think that it's, it's not it's not difficult to get involved. Um, I think it's just knowing where what where the resources are to help you and the people that can help you and where to start with it with it really. Absolutely, I think that's really important. What you just said about you started with some quite small things even before yeah. you got onto your bigger project. And I think sometimes people are worried about starting, but little little bite sized things can be an ideal way to start, can't they? Absolutely, and, and if you just do something small, then you, you've got opportunities. Um, at, at congresses to just go and speak in those five ten minute slots that again if you're not confident as or as confident as a speaker or you're new to speaking you know those, those five or ten minute bite-sized type things are a lot more uh, a lot less daunting really um, and you can present what you found and, and people are really interested in it because I think people want to use best practices and they want the best care for their patients and they want to do that on the back of audit and an evidence-based type stuff as well. Absolutely. I think, that, you know, that is the, the motivation for all of us, isn't it? Vets, nurses, everybody in the team, actually receptionists, everybody in the team. Motivation is for, to have good outcomes for our patients. And some, how do you know you're having good outcomes if you don't measure them? You only can only get a, an impression, can't you? So, yeah, I think that that's really important. How did you decide when you got to Vets Now and, and got a little bit more involved in it, how did you decide what you were going to audit? Um. I think because we're, we're solely ECC, it, it, it was different opportunities um, and different things that we we could look at. But I wanted it to be something nurse specific because I think sometimes a lot of things are vet specific, which is fine. Or they could be sort of dual aspect. But I, I, I felt like um, something that the nurses could really be involved in um, as a process. And I lead 
the nursing team and the support team at Macclesfield. And I thought that, as I say, vets now do do a number of audits, but when they were speaking about doing um, a general anaesthetic audit, which is what we um, ultimately won the QI award for, that would be something really helpful for our nursing team um, because obviously a lot of our anaesthetics are, are, are quite complicated. Um, they, they're ASA grade three and above. I mean, some of them aren't, but quite a lot of them are. Um, so GDV, splenectomies, um, exlapse, you know, cesarean sections, they're the, they're the sort of more emergency presentation anaesthetics as well. Sometimes it is just a stitch up, but that's just as important that that patient gets gets the same level of, of care that they would if it was a splenectomy. Um, and it's really, um, I think, at the time when when we were looking to start it, my nursing team um, were, one was fairly new to Vets Now, she was actually fairly newly qualified. Um, one of my other nurses was fairly well established, but I, th- I felt like it would be a good a good starting point to as something because we're all well trained in anaesthesia at, at, when we do our diploma or our degree route. So it's something we've all got a really good good knowledge of. But it, it's certainly something, as with everything, that you can improve upon. And I, and it, but it was an area that that I felt we could make a big improvement upon with the right tools and training, really. Absolutely. And it's something that happens frequently, isn't it? Because sometimes people people start on audit projects, they pick something that doesn't happen very often. And then you have to collect information over such a long period. It's hard to keep the, the team on board, isn't it? Whereas with anaesthesia, you've got, you know, it's happening all the time and you've got a, a good impact. So how did you actually um, go about it? How, how did you start off? Um, so initially, again, Vets now were very perhaps in providing providing me with information to help me with it, um, and a lot of processes within Vets now are quite easily auditable. Um, so it's easy to pull uh, cases where there's been a sedation or a general anaesthetic. Um, but what I so I knew I'd got the kind of tools there to be able to do it. And, and just to take a step back because it is something we do quite commonly. I think for anybody that's looking to start doing this, don't pick something really complicated or something that doesn't happen very often. Um, because firstly, it's quite if you're trying to do some research around it as well, it's quite difficult to find research on something that doesn't happen very often. So don't don't kind of think, oh, I'll pick something you know that, that's very complicated or, or, or really rarely happens. Um, and because it's something that was easily auditable um the the quality of the anesthesia monitoring because you can see it from the general anesthetic sheet and i know um it's it's just something that's written on paper i'm not i'm not i wasn't visually watching the person do the anesthetic but you can pick up a lot from from that and our anesthetic sheets are very comprehensive so i think it's really important that we have surgical checklists on ours they're really important things things to have and definitely have been shown to reduce errors um we've got areas for writing comprehensive notes as to how the anesthetic's gone there's areas for all, all the usual stuff as well for putting your drugs in and that kind of thing but even to the point where we will comment on our anesthesia about the positioning of the patient and any heating devices that were used on that patient and where they were positioned so they're really quite detailed so it enabled me to to look in, in, in quite a lot of depth but I think before I did that I needed to kind of know where my nursing team were in terms of confidence as well in in, in doing something like this and I think that's the point where 
I really got my teeth into it to provide them with some training and tools to actually, once I'd conducted kind of initial audit and looked at, at where we were with the anaesthetic sheets. And I can't, there was kind of a scoring system in place for how well they'd been completed, almost like a traffic light system. And that, that, that initial audit kind of gave me the areas where we were going to be able to improve. But then I, I very much believe with with training my staff, it's a tailored approach for them and one size doesn't fit everybody. So you've got to speak to them about what would motivate them and what they find difficult about a certain area and what they need help with. And that's not the same for everybody. So you do need to put some commitment in to that side of it. But I think everyone found it really, really rewarding as we went through the process. And actually, it's, it's an ongoing process because we're still doing it. Absolutely. So did your team know before you started that, that they were going to get their anaesthetic sheets looked at? Um, yes. <laughs> no, they did. I think they know me as a manager as well. I'm very hands-on. I do I do pretty much less a few hours a week, the same number of clinical shifts that they do. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm auditing myself as well. Um, so, you know, I'm not afraid to say, well, actually, I haven't done that as well as I could have done or I might need help with this. I think a big thing is to actually reach out to people and say, you know, I'm still for every every day at work is a learning a learning day so I, you know I was engaged in in auditing myself as much as I was my nurses so yes they did know and I think we're a very tight-knit team at Macclesfield we're a close team so you know it wasn't something that that scared them and I actually think they found it to be a really good opportunity because I'm quite into the educational side of things so if they said to me well actually which they did do I'm not confident on um, certain aspects of the multi-parameter monitor and one one big big area was um, ECG uh, for me to go away and actually put something together to give them some knowledge on what they're looking for on the ECG and actually within our GA sheets that isn't necessarily something that there's almost a box to comment on the, the ECG there isn't but what I encouraged them to do was to initially learn what normal looks like um, in a bit more depth than this but then we, we went more into what what not normal looks like and they could certainly recognize five or six traces fairly quickly thereafter um but actually to up to always even though it's there's not a specific box for ecg but make a comment within your notes as to any abnormalities on the ecg or even if the ecg was just relatively normal yeah i think that's important um what you said about um the, you being auditing yourself and them all knowing what's happening i think it's important to be transparent isn't it otherwise people could start to worry that you know audit is being used to compare performance between individuals but it's not is it it's, it's to, not to, it's to no, no. performance um, of your whole practice yeah so do you have I, any I, trouble I, getting any of your nurses on board with all this not at all um, completely reverse if anything um i think because i'd spoken to them i'd got nurse i'd got a nurse that has, was pretty much at the end of a, a, a vets now ecc certificate so she had perhaps more knowledge um i'd got a nurse uh, at the other end of the spectrum i got a nurse that was relatively newly qualified that had just come off our nursing edge course which is our eight-week course for, for new nurses coming into the company that um maybe lack as much ecc experience um as as they'd want to sort of hit, hit the ground running um so i had kind of different ends of the spectrum so what what i ended up doing is the bits that, the, that were common like the ecg I'd kind of I did this thing called nurse club um so we'd go and sit and do that together but then it got to the parts where one of my nurses was more confident so I didn't feel like she needed anything additionally in that area but the other one did so I'd do that on an individual basis and even now I kind of do quarterly mentoring with my nurses where I get them to tell me what they want to do 
And ironically, I did one last night, actually, and it was circuits, so it was an anesthetic related. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, had to, I, had to, um, I had to really wrap, uh, dredge my mind for f- uh, fresh gas flow. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but again, and it, it, it's, it really uh, boosts them because they know more than they think they do as well. Um, and and what was good about the ECG stuff, actually, I remember doing, doing a nurse club with them where we spoke about ECGs. I remember saying, what's a VPC and what does it stand for? And they couldn't tell me. And then... Three months later, I kept getting WhatsApp pictures of VPCs that they found on, on the trace. And they come, oh, there's a VPC. Like, there's a VPC. So to go from actually not even knowing what it stood for to sending me photos of them on, on cases that they were doing anaesthetics, that was really amazing for me. And that just showed, you know, they, they really enjoyed it as well. So Yeah, and I think audit is really uh, good at, at, at improving team morale, isn't it? When you find that you are doing things well, either before from the first audit or after you've made the changes, when you see things are improving, that's great for team morale, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Because within our team meetings, when we were able to have them sort of face-to-face and quarterly, it's always something I discussed in the team meeting. And, and what I would do and again it wasn't about like you say um it being an exercise in saying this has been done wrong but I wanted them to audit themselves as well so I may have already audited it um sometimes I actually haven't but I'd give them some GA sheets um across the route but I'd include the vets in that as well because I think it's really important to involve the vets and for them to have a look at what, what we're doing as well and actually it was I think the first or second time my, my permanent vets um were really quite surprised at the standard that that we were achieving on on the general anaesthetic sheets and the standard of detail we were going into and you know knowing that the blood pressure is dropping and we need to speak to you about that you know the vet the blood pressure is dropping right what are we going to do um, and I, I think that that was that was a quite an eye opener for them but it also gives them the confidence that when they're operating and they're sort of knee deep in, in surgery that that they know at, at that top end we're doing a really good job on monitoring that patient for them as well. Yeah, I think it must be very reassuring. You know, speaking as a vet myself, I think that'd be very reassuring to, yeah. to know that that's what's been happening. So obviously some of your changes were involved in training and education, but were there any other changes that um, were, came about as a result of your audit? Yeah, um, I think there were bits, as I say, of the GA sheet that we tried to improve. Even today in recent weeks, we've altered a couple of things on it to make it we're always trying to make it more visual more user friendly so historically like the blood pressure thing it was numbers written but now we're doing little graphs as well uh we things like jaw tone and eye position uh, we're commenting more on i'm trying to encourage them to write the fresh gas flow calculation on there so that was again that's part of the reason um, last night happened um so i think we did change quite a few a few bits um and also to get i think the animal care assistants involved a little bit in what we're doing um they're such a vital part of the team especially in the last 18 months um with with sort of covid they've been such a vital part of the team and i think to engage them in this kind of thing is really is really good one of my animal care assistants is just in a vca qualification and past that they they do have to kind of recover a patient within that so to get obviously supervised with me there kind of recovering it with her with her by my side but to get them involved as well I think is is really positive and give them the confidence that if if there's something that's that they're concerned isn't 
write about a patient that they've got the confidence to come and speak to us about it. Yeah, I think that's, that's. I mean, I think quality improvement should always be a whole team activity, don't you? I mean, yeah. but important that the receptionists know about it too, um, because clients often, it's often the receptionists that clients ask, you know, or, or go, oh, is my animal going to be all right under anaesthesia? Yeah. So were yeah. your receptionists aware of what you were doing with the audit? Yeah, again, they're in the team meetings and they get, when I set them into groups, I put a, a vet, a nurse and a, and a receptionist or an actor in that group. So they're in a group and, and, I, and I kind of sit back and listen and I can hear the, the vet or the, the nurse in the group explaining it to the receptionist and explaining what we're trying to do. And something I'd like to do in future maybe is some, some work around QI with receptionists um, to get them engaged in it. Because I think the reception role, again, it's a really important role, especially in ECC, because our patients you know the clients aren't expecting to come in the day they come in as an emergency they might have just seen something really horrible happen to their pet they might not know where they go in and they might get lost and they're the first person that that client sees and you know they're stressed and they're upset and I always try and put myself in in that position um, of me being that person that that's just happened to and I try and kind of work with my my receptionists around that as well to get them to to understand and I've got receptionists now actually that have never had a client in the building you know in the last 18 months they've not had to manage they've not had to manage a waiting room yet so this is something that that I'm going to be working with them you know, when, when, when clients are fully coming back in, because that's an absolute skill in itself, isn't it? So. Absolutely. No, I agree. I think it's really important. They can have a really important role in all quality improvement and, mm. and in audit as well, even if it's around client waiting times or making sure that histories are attached and all this kind of thing, yeah. which is all really important to outcomes, isn't it? Yeah. So the changes you made, um, were they all successful or were there any changes that you thought, no, that hasn't really improved it? Um, I think one of the harder areas was some of the with with some of the locum nurses and it's no it's no detriment to them at all but because they maybe come in and out um and don't do as many shifts and I don't necessarily know the level of training they've had in anesthesia and most of my locums that I use as nurses are really experienced locums but you know I know they know quite a lot I know they know they're good at ECC but it was quite it was kind of quite difficult for me to to engage them as much as I could my permanent staff but what I've, what I've tried to do I do like um, a local newsletter every month to my regular locums because I think it's really important to keep them in the loop as what's as what's going on within the clinic um, and also it enables me to just if there's any major policy changes or anything that they need to know about it just it just enables me to do it in a kind of group way that's that's, that's quite nice for them so I tried to introduce some areas in there and that would help them and actually it has it has made it better and I'm always you know I'm always happy when I'm inducting a locum nurse to speak to them about their level of knowledge with anaesthesia and I certainly always make it um, quite clear that any sedation or anaesthesia that they're doing if they can try and use the multi-parameter monitor on there because that's really important for the patient to have that but yeah I did know I, it, that was that was probably one of the bigger challenges but I think as as time's gone on actually they the regular locums have become, become quite engaged in it as well, so it's not been so much of a so much of a challenge. And also, because it's something that we've continued to do, I think where I've had like a new nurse come into the team as well, it wasn't necessarily a challenge, but then getting her engaged in in it, and actually she's very she's very enthusiastic about QI, and she's one of the people when I think about 
the sort of person that'd be interested in doing something but wouldn't really know where to start she's exactly that person because she she gets really um sort of into things and what I was able to do with her for one of her first mentor shifts was to talk to her about um some of the bits she again she wasn't as confident on ECG um so to talk to her about that but honestly really really rapidly the, the quality of what she was doing was really good and again the vets commented that the quality was really good um, and I think sometimes it's just time challenges as well like everybody we've got so much busier in the last 18 months you know when there's three three million new dogs um, out there. yeah <laughs> crazy uh, yeah we, we've, we've definitely noticed that so some days um you know if I do a Sunday day shift there's some Sunday day shifts where I can do two three four anesthetics and that is a challenge to keep the quality up of what you're doing but you've got to take each patient as an individual and make sure that that you're doing uh, an equal job for everybody really um but that that's the the the, the kind of yeah how busy we've got has, has, made, has made things a little bit more challenging but i know that's the same for everybody so absolutely but i think communication as well as the key of communication of what you do with the audit and the results to your team and i think your idea about um you know the having worked the local myself i think your idea about your local newsletter is great and we'll really keep keep them on board that, that's really good um so obviously you're you're um carrying on doing audits um how so for the your team that have been there all the time are you getting any kind of you know we're getting a bit fed up of audits so is it difficult to keep them motivated keep it going no not, no, not at all because i think um as i said I tailor it to what they want so if there's something specific that they want um i'll i'll work on that for them and i think that's really important because i don't ever want the educational side of things to be like a tick box exercise or that oh I've got 500 quid of CPD left to spend is something I'll just do it I want it to be something that they're going to be really motivated by and I think because we work in ECC as well we're all you know there's highs there's all, some very high highs in ECC but there's also some very low lows and I think that makes us quite tight as a team but I, I think when we have the really good outcomes to cases whether they be surgical or medical, they absolutely make the job worthwhile. And I know all of my team just are still really passionate about what they're doing every day on a, on a, well, a night-to-night basis, not a day-to-day basis. But yeah, they, they're really passionate about it. And both of my vets are currently doing their certificates as well. So, so actually the learning that we're getting from that as well is enhancing patient care. So I, I don't necessarily ever worry that there's a lack of motivation there um, because I'm trying to I'm quite, I, I do a lot of lecturing um, and, and speaking outside of, of my clinical role, and I'm really interested in that. Um, so if you kind of put me in front of people to try and talk to them about something, I think they see I'm quite passionate about it. So I think that probably reflect, reflects on my team as well. I've just like launched a case club um, at Macclesfield that I wanted, because vets kind of have their little mortality morbidity type groups where they talk about cases and things but I wanted us to have something at Macclesfield that was all of us so all the clinical staff because I think it's really important that vets understand cases from our perspective and we understand cases from a vet's perspective and we started that earlier this year and that's that's been really fascinating and actually made us learn quite a lot um about each other's what what each other's focuses are um the, you know the vets kind of trying to look more at the nursing care side of things and recognizing that that's 
plays a massive part in the recovery of that patient. But also us looking at me and a vet had a case a couple of months ago and it started to deteriorate, but not in a way we were expecting. And I didn't really know what the vet was thinking and when we talked about this case and he said he said yeah in my mind I was thinking this and I said you know you if you tell me that I can try and help you with any experience I've got got of that um or what we could have done but I didn't really know and I it, like you said it's about communication so we I think we're a lot we talk more a lot about cases now and when there's just two of you on a night shift it's really important to do that and the vets do need a sounding board sometimes on cases so that's been a, a really big positive and I think that's really kind of encouraged what I've tried to get my nurses to do at that is to speak a little bit as well so I asked one of them um we, one of our cases was about a recumbent patient so I asked one of them to speak about uh decubitus ulcers and she she'd gone away and done some research she found a couple of primary research papers with some qualitative information on there and and, and spoke for 15 minutes on that and and I could see the passion there. And I'm thinking, right, you're exactly the person that should be moving forward into this kind of thing, really. But she probably, like I say, she probably wouldn't even know where to, where to start. I mean, she will, because I'll speak to her about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, she, she, she would thrive doing something like, like the QI process. So Excellent. And I'm not surprised that you, t- you don't have problems with motivation of your team, because you're so passionate about it yourself. Oh, that it's, going to, it's going to rub off on your team, isn't it? Which yeah. is absolutely great. So if some, for somebody who's starting off, somebody's listening to this and thinking, yeah, we need to do some audits, but I'm not really sure where to start. What would be your top tips, Leslie? Pick, pick something that you do regularly. Don't pick something too complicated. It doesn't even necessarily, like, like we both said, it doesn't necessarily even have to be clinical to a degree it could be like you say about reception um it could be something about wait times it could be something um about their role but pick something you're interested in as well and and it's got it's got to be something that you've got an interest in and that you're going to kind of take forward and speak to your teams as well about what they would find interesting even within ECC there's bits that I really I really love and there's bits that I'm kind of you know they're not they're not the bits I'm as interested in and it'd be the same for people in referral the same for people in in general practice so find find the bits the commonality that everybody's going to be interested in and and have a look at something and then I think it's finding the tools then to kind of look at how you're going to audit it but there's so much help out there certainly you know, this, the kind of thing we're doing today and the package that you're putting together, there's so much help for people out there that want to get involved in it as well. So, you know, don't don't be afraid to ask for that assistance to support you as well. Also, don't kind of, when, you know, I never thought when we when we did that, when we started that back in 2018 or whenever it was, I'd be standing up in, in an RCVS ceremony winning an award for it. Um, you know, I'd never, yeah, I hadn't even entered my mind that that was going to happen. I was just, like I say, I was just trying to do it to improve our knowledge in the clinic and improve our patient care. And that as a kind of outcome at the end of it, um, or a reward at the end of it, was just amazing and such a boost for the morale of the team. You know, we were all just blown away by that. So it, do, it does help with 
your team and your morale of your team and where we've you know we've all had a difficult last 18 months and if, if there's anything we can do to to help where it's got so busy and where people are flagging a little bit um that that's all to the good really excellent those are great tips and, and i think you're, you're absolutely spot on with, with all of them and you know yeah it was well deserved that that you won the award there and yeah on the rcbs knowledge website there is um there's a course a clinical audit course there's a, a template you can fill in there's a walkthrough and there's numerous case examples including leslie's amongst amongst others on all sorts of different topics not just anesthesia on hand hygiene and post-op yeah. temperatures and um, and ear um, swabbing all sorts of things so you know get a bit of inspiration from there and and if if i was asked for my top tips i'd do they'd be exactly the same as leslie's and i'd also say when you've measured things talk to the team on the ground when you start looking at why things need to change because don't, don't assume do you, do you agree leslie don't assume you think you know what the problem is if something isn't happening no because you, you don't and and there could be um, lots of reasons why something's not going as well as it could be. It could be an educational piece. It could be a confidence piece. It, it, it could be it could be a lack of enthusiasm for it or just that somebody's just feels a bit overwhelmed by a situation. And that's why I really think, you know, I've banged on about it a bit, but kind of tailoring that approach to the individual and not just assuming one thing works for everybody because it doesn't. And we try now to when I do the audit now because I continue to do it on a quarterly basis we'll have a chat through it and actually decide between well what could we focus on for the next quarter and it's funny you mentioned post-op temperatures because that's that's our current focus within yeah within um last quarter it's it's such a big area um but that's something we're currently having a a a mini focus within within a bigger audit kind of thing um excellent we'll be be waiting to see the results of that but i mean i think and and it can be can also be simple things like a bit of kit's broken or you haven't got the right bit of kit can't it it's sometimes absolutely yeah and on our ga sheet again it does say if you've got any equipment failure so when i do an audit i mean hopefully they come to me and say this bit of kit's not working but if I see somebody repeatedly write the pulse ox wasn't reading well I'm thinking right well why is the you know what's what's happened here you know why why is the pulse ox not reading and and it can be something as simple as that as well that has happened if I'm honest so there's there's loads of reasons and again it's about communication with your people um in your team and and making sure everybody's on board really yeah I think it's you're right it's communication and it's learning isn't it and it sounds to me like what you've got at um at your practice is a learning culture that everybody is learning from what happens and yeah. it's giving people a better job satisfaction and I'm sure it's contributing to your whole practice culture. I think so. I think, as I say, we are a really close team at Macclesfield as well. Um, it's a long stand, it's a fairly long standing team and we do all look out for each other. It has, it's definitely created a long lasting positivity what we've done. We proudly display our award in our office <laughs> and, you know, my nurses wear their little, they get their little badge and they're really proud to wear that as well, their little RCVS badge, knowledge badge. Um and it, it was a big achievement for us. And and even two years down the line, you know, it's still something that, that gets talked about. Um, whenever I give interviews for Vets Now, I'm doing anything, it, it gets mentioned and people ask me about it um, quite regularly. So it, it, it is something that I think if you get involved in, that you'd, everybody, certainly within our clinic, found it really rewarding. Excellent. And you're an absolute inspiration, Leslie. And I think what we need to both say is just get on with it. Just try, don't you think? Because you can't, you're not going to go wrong. It's the one thing. Like, 
it's not you're not going to do it wrong and and initially when you do it um it's not as though you anybody's expecting you to go in for a qr qr knowledge award um you know it's, it, it's just to try and like as i say improve things at a patient level and at the end of the day that's what ultimately we're all here for isn't it to make things better for our, our patients that's why we all got into this job and even if it's a small tiny little improvement it can be something really really small but if it benefits the patient then that's we we've, we've done a good job excellent i think we'll leave it there because i think that's the message that we don't like everybody to take home so thank you so much leslie it's been great Probably. talking to you and you pam thank you for further courses, examples and templates for quality improvement, please visit our quality improvement pages on our website at rcvsknowledge.org.